Wonderful to be in the house of God today to worship Him. Uh, this is not a place to come and uh, gloat and brag and complain and gripe. This is a place to be healed for spiritual and physical healing. We can be healed if we'll trust the Lord and put our faith in Him. I believe with all of my heart that we are getting ready to leave this world. Uh, the healing virtue that was done on this little baby. You know what? That little child is what Jesus made. It's his creation. It's his creation. Children are, are blessing from God. They, uh, they're what God gives us. They're little, little miracles. And then they grow up and we train them. And we train them and we train them, supposedly, and uh, in the ways of the Lord. So let's just believe and pray this morning for our young people, our children, and uh, pray that God will bless us all together, that we can be what he would want us to be. I desire your prayers for a few minutes this morning. And uh, I want to read to start off with in First Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, also, as Brother David has already mentioned, keep praying for those that are on the road today coming home from the assembly. Uh, they had a record crowd there, I think, for the, for the last few years, that is. Uh, back years and years ago, this thing uh, did have sometimes 25,000 people there, but a lot of people, it's dropped down some, but they, they had, huge, had huge crowds, and I think they had 10 or 12,000 this year, so... Can you imagine what the airports and the uh, highways are going to look like this evening? Everybody's going to be trying to leave at one time. Fussing because they can't get a ticket, get on after they get a ticket. All right. Uh, this verse of Scripture, I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes on a spiritual church. A spiritual church. Do you like to go to church and feel nothing? And now you're going to take that one back, ain't you? <laughs> You was, on, you was on it, Brother Danny. You like to go to church and feel nothing and go back home feeling the same way you felt when you got there or worse, and it's not much encouragement to go back next Sunday, is it? But if you can go to church and feel the blessings of the Lord, it's worth going. And today we are... The church of the latter days. Now, let me tell you this to preface everything. I don't preach and I don't believe that this is the only body of people that's going to heaven. I don't preach that. I don't teach that. And neither does the Bible. So anybody that tells you if you don't belong to our organization, you're not going to heaven, that's a bunch of baloney. Don't believe that. Because Jesus is the one that's going to decide who's going and who's not going. And I'm glad this morning that I know who he is and he knows who I am. And I can be a part of the bride of Christ if I want to be. Now everybody that's a member of the church is not going to heaven probably, but everybody that's in the kingdom of God is going to heaven. But he's got a bride this morning that he's going to pull out of the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. He's going to pull out a bride out of the Gentiles and we're going to a marriage supper of the Lamb after a while. But to be there and to get there, we have got to do something. This is a conditional route to glory. And we got to have some conditions in our life 
and it's got to manifest something. In, in other words, if we don't do what he wants us to do, then he's not going to do what he promised us because he said, if you'll obey me, I'll bless you and I'll honor you and prosper you. So this verse of scripture that Peter was writing says, He also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, the world today is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. If you believe that, say amen. There's two or three of you with me. It is only reasonable to assume that the closer we get to his return, the more the power of God should be manifested among us. I'm afraid we have given too much place to question our spiritual relationship with the Lord. For many to question it. Miracles are the exception and not the norm. We need to come to our services and people need to be saved. They need to be healed. They need to have their prayers answered. They need the power of God to move on them that they can feel something when they pray or when we talk to the Lord for them. Perhaps we should have an encounter with the one who gave us all of salvation and promised us the power. After all, he is the head of the church. He is the one who has all power. He is the body, head of the church, the body, and we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. In order to be in this thing, we've got to be washed in the blood. Washed in the blood. It's not enough to walk up here and shake my hand and say, I want to join the church. That's not going to save you. There is no sanctification in my hand for you, only for me. And so in order for us to get what God wants us to get, we have got to be wholly washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that's W-H-O-L-L-Y and H-O-L-Y as well. We have got to be washed in that blood, cleansed by that blood, and filled with the power of the precious Holy Ghost to anoint us, to give us what we need, and then God is going to pour out His miracles among us. And until we decide to do that, we're going to sit here dormant and do nothing. And we're not going to entice anybody. But God help us this morning to preach and to teach and to live so that the world will want to come and see what's going on in here. God needs us. Perhaps we should have an encounter with Him. Some of you have heard me say this as an analogy or something that's in the Bible, but this is the truth. I was reading Isaiah's writing one day, and he kind of hit me as I got down to a chapter two in that. He was writing some good stuff. If you don't believe it, you start reading the first chapter of Isaiah, the first verse, you will see that we can be washed in the blood and come out white. You'll see that our sins can be changed. He got all of that exactly right. It all went down exactly like it should. But you know something? We come on down to about chapter 5, and I don't have that written down here, and that's okay. But in chapter 5, all of a sudden Isaiah realizes something, and he says, Woe is me! Woe is me! For I am a man of unclean lips. He has written all of this. He 
has done all of this, and all of a sudden he realizes that he needs something else. You see, he needed to really meet the Lord in a different way. Now, there's too many things in my mind, Lord, just take one at a time on me. I can't handle all of them. There's too much preaching going on today in the world that is just shallow, on the surface, no depth, no spirit, no power, just a form of godliness and denying the power of God. We don't need divine healing. We don't need the Holy Ghost. We don't need all of this. That was for those people back then. It was not for us today. But I believe Simon Peter said, it's for you and your children and as many as the Lord thy God shall call. Does anybody in here feel like you have been called of God? If you do, I believe it's time that we accepted the whole Bible just as it is written and not be picking out the parts we want to pick out. Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And a serpent came came and touched his lips with a coal of fire and anointed him with the fire of God. That same fire was given in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came down and anointed the church with fire and with power. You see that power that was given there is translated in the Greek there as dynamite. It was like dynamite that was put there. And the power of God began to work in the church in those days. He said, you know, I've got to have something else. And the Lord gave him something else. We can have a shallow experience with the Lord. And mm, my Lord, every once in a while we need to feel him, don't we? Every once in a while we need to have something spring up inside of us and we shout praise the Lord. Every once in a while things get bad, everything's going downhill, but I can tell you one thing, he can change things, turn things around and make them go in the other direction. We've got a God today that loves his bride, he loves the church, he will not withhold any good thing from those that love him and those that serve him. He's looking for people to serve him. The Apostle Paul, and I think Willie Hatcher got all over this in Sunday school this morning. He didn't know it, but already had it written down. The Apostle Paul was one that needed an encounter with the Lord. He seemed very well organized, very serious in the work he was doing, but the spirit and the power of the Lord was not in his life. He was not anointed by God. He thought he was doing good, but he was not. He, he apologized or he, he gave a, a statement. He said, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He did everything he could against it, but he found out he was on the wrong side. Now, we'd better be on the right side with the Lord. I think Stuart Hamblin wrote a song years ago, uh, something about when the, Lord is, when the Lord is on our side. What was the name of that song? Somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I know some of you are old enough to remember. I can look at you and tell you're old. <laughs> but it had a verse in there, a line in there. If the Lord is on your side, you got it wrong. 
you don't want the Lord on your side. You want to be on the Lord's side. We want to be on His side because His side's always right. And as gets off track every once in a while, sometimes we let a little flesh get up in there and a little carnality get up in there, but we need to be washed out, clean, and holy. But Paul was just a little bit off there. But one day on the road to Damascus, the Lord knocked him down, blinded him. Can you imagine the Lord just knocked him down and blinded him? When he came to, he was the greatest worker that the Lord's ever had. Greatest one he's ever had. Now you see, you see, uh, I don't know, I, somehow or another, sometime I like to get a hip. I can spit on Danny when I'm preaching. There is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. You see, the bride over here knew what it was. Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul turned around and he got on the road right. Now, let me tell you this. Now, stay with me a little bit. I'm not being critical this morning. I just want to be truthful and, and, and do it halfway right. We are able sometimes to organize greatly without the Lord. Am I right or not? Come on, stay with me. Church, po- church folks, just, just hang with me. We can, we can organize things. We can get things going exactly right. We can even sing some pretty songs. And I'm not against you. You know where I'm going here. I guess you do. You look kind of... Hey, if we nutty there for a minute, but that's his normal look. I'm sorry. He'll get me later. He's my buddy. <laughs> we can organize. We can sing. We can preach. <laughs> we, can, we can do all these things, and you can do them without the anointing of the Lord. Are you with me? Am I right? We can organize, we can preach, we can sing, we can jump up and down a few times and shout. That's not anointing. Come on. If you do it in the spirit, it is, but not in self. We can do all of these things within our own selves, but unless, unless we have the anointing of the Lord, and unless we have the blessings of the Lord, and unless we have... He's just, just the push that he gives and the spirit that he gives will not accomplish anything that he wants us to accomplish. We are going to have to have God's spirit in us and it's got to move through the congregation. People need to come through that door and feel something when they walk through that door. If we are in here, God is in here because we bring him in here. It's not because of the building, but it's because we brought the Lord. We are in the presence of the Almighty God. Did you ever feel like that you was in the presence of the Lord? My God, help us to get on our face before the Lord. And the Lord will answer some prayers for us. This is comical, but I'm going to tell it anyway, and I've said it. You know, some of you have heard it, so just stop your ears up if you want to. There was a preacher in this town. Been there for a while, and one day, one day he went to this supermarket, a food store, Walmart, or somewhere to get something. 
and he saw he was he was he was going there to get some groceries, but before he went, he had he had had a little problem that home. Somebody had given him a little kitten, uh, and and he had this little kitten, and he loved loved cats, and he had this little kitten, and he went out in the yard, and the little kitten then climbed up in a tree, and he wouldn't come down. He's up there, meow, 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 and he couldn't get him down. I never saw cat bones at the bottom of a tree, though. I can tell you right now, when they get hungry enough, they'll come down. <laughs> but he was hanging up in that tree. Preacher couldn't get him down. It's kind of a small tree. He said, well, I believe if I'll tie a little rope to the tree and hook my car to it, I can pull it over and reach up and get the cat. <laughs> so he does, and he pulls up, and he got out. Still couldn't reach the cat. Got in the car, pulled it up just a little bit further. Still couldn't reach the cat. Third trip, he pulled up, the rope, rope snapped, the cat took off through the air. <laughs> he couldn't find the cat. He walked in the neighborhood. He couldn't find the cat anywhere. Cat, the kitten nowhere to be found. A few days later, he's in the grocery store, and he saw this one of his members, church members, his sister, going down through there with a basket. She had a bag of cat food in a basket. His curiosity got the best of him because he knew she literally hated cats. So he walks up and he said, Sister, I just got to ask you, but what are you doing with cat food? I thought you hated cats. She said, well, preacher, you're not going to believe this. But she said, my little daughter, who is five years old, has worried me to death to get her a cat. And said, I finally told her if the Lord would give her a cat, it would be all right. And she said, would you believe the other day she was out in the front yard on her knees praying for the Lord to send her a cat and said, all of a sudden, here comes this kitten through the air with his claws out and lands right in front of her. Let me tell you something. If you want a prayer answered, get a five-year-old somewhere or another to pray for you. Let me tell you, these kids have... They've got faith with God and they've got confidence in the Lord that he will answer their prayer. I believe that with all of my heart, don't you? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I've got to hurry along. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, verses 9 through 11. The Bible said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom. Now everybody... Everybody, as I said before, that's in the church sometimes is not living right. And we've been judged by that more than one time. Oh, I know such and such a member down there. If it, I don't want to be a part of that church if they're a member of it. Don't you judge it by people. Judge it by the Lord. <laughs> know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, no effeminate, no abusers of themselves with mankind, no thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. If we, if we took a book this morning, a manual, and passed it around, 
and got everybody in here that's a child of God to sign your name down there and put on there what you used to do before you got saved, it would blow your minds. Because we probably got a church filled with people in here that are liars and thieves and extortioners and adulterers and, and all of this kind of stuff before they got saved. But when the Lord saves us and washes us clean in the blood of the Lamb, those sins are gone forever. He remembers them no more against us. Brother Claudius, it doesn't matter what we did do. It's what we're doing right now with him. And I say to God, help us, Lord, this morning to live so that you can get glory out of our lives wherever we are and whatever we do. We still teach. I said last Sunday, we still teach the second work of grace. We still teach sanctification. Sanctification, and I stayed off of it last week, but I, uh, I don't know whether I stay off of it today or not. Sanctification is the second definite work of grace. It cleanses us for the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. It gets this body, this temple, cleaned out spiritually on the inside. It will make us talk right. Make us talk right. Act right, dress right, uh-oh, dress right, we're in the king's house this morning, we need to act like it. This is the house of God, this is the house of God, we need to respect it like he was sitting right here watching us this morning because I want to tell you he is, he is. And there's twice as many people in here as you can see with your eyes because there's an angel of the Lord that's encamping round about every one of us that are in here this morning that are children of the Lord. And I say we ought to praise the Lord for that and thank Him because He's given us protection and guidance in all of these things. Sanctification will cleanse us up, clean us up. I used to use a little demonstration. Some of you have seen me do it. I get two old empty jars that Arlene had poured the snap beans out of. Does anybody in here call them things snaps but me? Some of you know what I'm talking about when I say snaps. You know? You call them green beans. Uh, ain't much difference in green beans and snap beans. But you pour, you pour out a jar of them things, and the inside of that jar... It's kind of cloudy and messed up, you know. But if you take another jar then and pour them out of it and just give it a good washing with the water by the Dawn liquid dishwater, it'll come out just as clean and you can see all the way through that jar, through both sides of it, clean as everything. That jar got sanctified. That other one just got saved. <laughs> it got saved from the green beans. It got the sin took out of it, but the color was still there. There was something needed to be done. We need to be sanctified by the washing of the water by the Word. And the Word is Jesus Christ Himself, and what He's given us to go by, that is the Word of God. That will make a spiritual church 
we say, and I say it just as much as anybody else, what we need is a good outpouring of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to fill us, to saturate us, just to cover us right good. But I will retract part of that this morning and say what we really need is a good outpouring of sanctification on the whole entire church and everything will be all right. Everything will be all right. The night I got sanctified, there was a lady in that church that if it had a 10-girl beauty contest, she'd have come in 11. But you know what? I got up from that altar, and that woman looked good. She looked great. There was nothing wrong. I couldn't see anything wrong with her. Everything was beautiful. Isn't there a song like that? Everything is beautiful in its time or whatever. I don't know what it is. I don't know about your song. But if we could just get to the point where everybody's fine, everybody's all right. Well, so-and-so done this, well, let's pray for them. You know, quit talking about them and pray for them. What would you say? Can you do it any louder than that? Thank you. Pray for them. Pray for them. Sure is quiet in here this morning. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is a straight road. And the Bible says, narrow is the gate. Jesus said this. Narrow is the gate. Straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to everlasting life. And few there be that go in therein. Now that's from King James. There, that's kind of language that we wouldn't use, we'd say there's just a few people going through that gate. But it said, the other way is broad that leads to destruction. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in that way, go in there that way. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast our devils in thy name? Have we not done all these things in your name? And the Lord will say to them, depart from me into everlasting iniquity. I know you not. I know you not. In that in the Bible, depart from me. I know you not. But Lord, we've done all this in your name. But he's going to say, that's not it. You say, well, pastor, preacher, how are we going to know something happens in here? Something happens in here. I, 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 I don't want to rehash things that's in the past too much, but something hit me right then to tell it. Do you care, Patchy? I'll tell it. Didn't have that in my notes, had no idea, but something just prompted it. Sister Patchy back here, her husband, and, and Ramona's dead, and Carmen's dead, and all of them, uh, Buddy, we called him Buddy Campbell. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in the world. Carmen didn't take after him. <laughs> yes, she did. She's exactly like him. As long as she lives, Buddy Campbell will never die. <clears throat> Sweet girl. But he had four beautiful daughters. And it seemed like there was no way in the world to get him to church. He just wouldn't give in to the Lord. I'd visit him, sit and talk with him, sit at the kitchen table, have some great stuff. Great talks with him. Wouldn't give a bit. Get ready to pray. Said, buddy, don't you want to give your heart to the Lord? Well, uh, right now, not right now. 
and he wouldn't do it. Went through several surgeries from Roanoke Memorial to Charlottesville. A lot of things happened in his life during that period of time. Still, hell too. But one night, one night Arlene and I had been to Charlotte, North Carolina to a Southern Living Show. Just got in the house but probably about 8 o'clock, wasn't it, Ramona? Something like that. Phone rang. I just walked in the door. She said, Dad's dying. We think, can you get up here? He's in Charlottesville. Just a few hours later, a couple of hours later, something, I walked in the room. I was tired as I could be. I drove that trip. Arlene didn't even feel like riding with me. From from the house all the way to UVA by myself. And I prayed, I think, every hour, every mile of the way, every mile of the way, prayed. Walked in the room. All the family was in there, huge family in there. He was in a coma. Wasn't saying anything. A nurse said, I can give him a shot and bring him out of it for what she say, five to ten minutes. But she said, he's going to go back. That's all the time you got. I asked everybody in there to step out of the room. She gave him a shot. He opened his eyes. First words out of his mouth, hi, preacher. I said, buddy, I've just got a few minutes. And I said, we've got to do it quick. I said, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, you got a family out in that hall. There's probably 30 of y'all's family up there that night. Just filled the hall up. I said, you got a family out in the hall right now that's praying for you. They're going to heaven. I said, if you don't give your heart to God tonight, you're not going. You'll never see them again. I told him that. I said, you'll never see them again. I said, are you ready to pray? He said, yes, preacher. And he took my hand. And I said, now, I'm not going to say it for you. I said, you're going to talk to the Lord yourself. I'm not going to say you repeat after me. I want it to come from him, not me. And he began to pray. In a minute, he squeezed my hand. And he stopped praying. He looked up at me and he said, Preacher, it's all right. It's all right. I said, how do you know it's all right? He said, right here. That's what reminded me of it just now. He said, right here. He said, something has happened in here. I let him back in the room. Patsy said, what's happened? I said, let him tell you. He told you, didn't he, exactly what is going on. You're going to see him again after a while. It's not going to be long until we're all going to see him. It happens right here, folks. If you don't know something is going on in here, it makes a difference. So church, we want a spiritual church, but we want it filled with the anointing of the Lord that when we pray, prayers will be answered. When we walk down the street, they'll say that's a godly person. When we talk to them, they'll know that we are part of the bride of Christ. We're getting ready to leave this world. We're getting ready to get out of this whole world. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be, but Brother Eddie, you better get your suitcase packed. (laughs) See, you don't have one, do you? He's going to clothe you in fine linen, righteousness, the righteousness of the saints, fine linen. And he's going to clothe you with that. He said, let us be glad and rejoice.
rejoice. Be glad and rejoice. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his bride hath made herself ready. Aren't you glad you're part of that bride? Aren't you glad that you can be a part of that bride? I know this has not been a shouting message probably this morning, but I can tell you one thing. I'm looking for a spiritual body of people that know the Lord, that are not ashamed of the Lord, that will give their lives to the Lord. And I would like to be able to say, you know, if you are in here this morning and you leave without Him, I'm praying for you. You say, how are you praying? I'm praying for the Lord just to get hold of you in such a way that you will almost be miserable until you just give your life over to the Lord. Is that wrong? Just, just give your life wholly over to Him and say, yes, Lord, I want to accept you this morning. I want you in my life. I want you to lead me and to guide me in all righteousness. He had an encounter. Paul had an encounter. Isaiah had an encounter. Many others, and I'm not half through, but that's all right, I'll quit. But I'm going to ask every one of us this morning to examine ourselves where we are. Examine yourself and see if you be in the faith. Paul said, I sanctify myself daily. Maybe it would be good for all of us sometime. Just have a little talk with Jesus.